Wow. This is incredible. One word can sum it up, and that's wow. Can somebody shout wow with me? Shout it backwards. I give honor today to the Lord Jesus Christ, for without him I would be nothing. Everything I do, it's all because of him. Thank you, Brother McClintock. Good man. Brother Erickson, good to see you back there. I give honor to Dr. Bernard, Dr. Cawthorn, Dr. Russell, and all you, and everyone who's a part of Ursham. I feel like I'm a part of it. Two already graduate from here. Another one coming this May. And I have one of those scholarships in memory of my father, Dr. Fred Foster. And I put it here at Urshan. I give honor to Dalton Dismore and his dad who's here with us today. Dalton grew up in our church. And he's one of those you never had to worry about. Well, let me back up. A great young man. And I have full confidence that he's going to make an indelible print on his world for the cause of Jesus Christ. It's a privilege of mine to speak to you today. I do not take this lightly. And that is why I am a little perplexed about what he has put on me to preach. I've wrestled with the Lord over this. There's two or three others I wanted to preach. But this is the one I felt you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. We will read two verses, and that is verse 5 and verse 6. I've enjoyed your singing today, your worship, your praise, the young man who preached, that was good. Isaiah 28, verses 5 and 6. In that day shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people and for a spirit of judgment to him that sitteth in judgment and for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. Recording. I don't think 
to do with printing out the title of this message, please don't do it now. Because you will print the wrong item and do it later as the message unfolds. I'm going to preach today, born to raise hell. That's what we were born to do. We better pray. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for Urshing College, for what it stands for, for the mission and the purpose, for what it means. I pray your richest blessing upon this college, upon these young people, students, faculty. Lord, bless our time together. I feel your word. It is anointed. I feel your anointing upon me. Let it be with this chapel, I pray. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Bless you. You may be seated. There are two anointings of which I look for today. One anointing is the anointing upon, the, upon me from the Lord to preach. The second anointing is the anointing upon the people who hear me preach. And in their response, both of them are anointings. So we will ebb and flow with those anointings. His anointing is upon me to preach. His anointing is upon you to hear and to respond and to apply. It was a hot July night in 1966. The Chicago police answered a call on the rough side of town. In a bar, there had been a fight. Some young men had been hurt bad. Somebody pulled a knife and someone else answered with a gun. The emergency vehicles made their way to Cook County Hospital. Doctors and nurses rushed into action. In one of the emergency cubicles, a doctor who was attending a young man who was bleeding badly from a vicious cut on his arm. As the doctor wiped the blood from the man's arm, suddenly cold chills ran up his spine. His hands began to shake. Little beads of perspiration popped out on his brow, and fear took hold. In minutes, the young man was identified as Richard Speck, who three days earlier in cold blood had killed eight nurses in one of Chicago's worst crimes. What was it that the doctor saw? What was it that caused the fear and the horror? that led to the identification of the killer. The 
there should have been nine nurses murdered. But the ninth one played dead. And she survived. And she told the police that when you find the killer, there's a very distinct tattoo that says, I was born to raise Somewhere in a forgotten jailhouse, feeling hopeless and checkmated by life, Richard Speck had crudely carved into his arm the motto of his life, born to raise hell. And that's what he lived for. That's all he thought life was, just born to raise hell. We are living in a generation that preaches and dictates that same philosophy in 2019. The challenges that faced you of this generation are like no other generation has ever faced before. We live in a day of lies and deceits. It boggles the mind. It's a consumer society that has lost all of her decency of morals and common sense. It's a confusion of the genders. It's sex without marriage. It's alcoholism, drug abuse, homosexuality, and the list goes on. It's even reached the elementary schoolyard. In Dallas, I believe it's been six, seven years ago, a murder was plotted and almost carried out by two eight-year-olds. It's a time of fast food and faster lives. Our society is becoming more permissive and out of control every day. Decay is accelerating at such an enormous rate. Things previously done in a corner are now done in public view. Violence is everywhere. It's the inner violence, though, that's much worse than the outer violence. Lying, cheating, deception, suicide, spirituality, demons, cults, the racial divide, pornography, rape. Murder, they're all bywords of our time. It's a time, it's our time. That's the product of generations who have come before us. And now it's resting upon your shoulders. And it's saying there's not much else to really live for. Just raise hell. 
And so many find that that's their reason for living. Raise hell. Mass shootings in the school and the marketplaces. Here it comes. There it goes. Just doing it. Business. Protest marches. Riots. Defying authority. Kidnapping. And more violence. Hell is happy with our generation. Because hell has mankind feeling like there's nothing else to live for. Just raise hell. Raise hell. Put it in a higher place. Put it in a higher place of thinking. Put it in a higher place of living. The Bible teaches us that hell was created for the devil and the fallen angels. They know their time is short. So they're doing everything they can to get as many people as hell can get to go with them. He's a good devil. He's good at it. He's expanding hell today as I preach to you. He's adding on room by room, expanding the frontiers of hell. Why? Because he wants you. He wants me. He wants as many as he can get. Isaiah wrote in chapter 5 and verse 4 that hell hath enlarged herself. That God made hell not for you, not for me, not for any other humans. He made it for the devil. But the devil is raising hell to that higher level in our thinking, in our mind, a higher level. He's made hell cool. He's made hell the thing to do. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's singing about it. They make movies about it. Everybody's going to hell. And it's all right. Everybody's going. So let's go. If they're going, I'm going. If I'm going, you come along. Go with me. We're all going to hell. It's all right. It's okay. Let's have sex. Let's drink our alcohol. Let's have the drug parties. Uh, Don't worry about genders. Don't worry about all this. Let's have hate. Let's have violence. Uh, It's all right. It's okay. Everybody is in on it. Politicians. Oh, yeah, New York now. You can abort a baby just minutes before it's born. In other states, they're discussing right now about the idea of even after the baby is born. You don't want it. Kill it. It's okay. I'm telling you, this is the time when hell 
is cool. So politicians, movie stars, sports figures, music people, all our heroes are in on it. Values are distorted. Character is traded for cash. Machines are worth more than men. Fame wins over faith. The emphasis is on pleasure. If it feels good, it's got to be all right. The emphasis is on things, success, sex, glamour, ambition. They've all become gods in our generation as the devil is raising hell to a higher level. Ugliness is everywhere. The novels, the movies, television, music, video games, even in advertisement. The normal, the routine, it's all seedy, it's dark, it's drunkenness, it's foul mouth, it's the unwashed, it's the obnoxious, lustful. It, that's the routine. It's all okay. It's just raising hell. It's, hey, my way. No one tells me what to do. That's what hell is doing. What's wrong with hell? Mama, leave me alone. Preacher, it's all right. Sunday, I just had a text from a young man sitting on the second row. Leave me alone, preacher. I don't want this gospel. It's all right if I go to hell. I'm preaching today about raising hell. Hell is wanting to put itself in a higher place than where it should be. It's making homosexuals out of our sons. It's giving gang life for family life, guns for Bible, lust for love, pleasure for work. Go ahead, have fun. It's all right. It doesn't matter who it hurts. Just raise hell. Come on, generation. I'm preaching to you. You're going to preach this gospel. You're going to carry this message. You know the world in which you're going to. It's full of hell. It's all about hell. It's all right. You better make up in your mind. It's even invading Bible college campuses. It's even coming into your lives. It's even making war in your mind and in your thinking. The hallowed halls of this university. I'm preaching to somebody today. Hell is trying to be raised to a higher level in your life. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. Don't get red in the face, preacher. Don't get upset about that, preacher. Just preach the love of God. Just preach how good it is. And hey, hey, don't worry about it. It's all Raising hell to a higher level. But wait a minute. The devil hates the church. There's only one thing that can stop hell. There's only one thing that can bring hell down. 
There's only one thing that can put hell in its place and get it off your back and get it out of this generation's life, and that's the church of the living God. It is the church triumphant. That's the only thing that can stop hell. Oh, let me preach to you a little bit. Psalms 83 and 4, it says the devil wants to cut off the church from remembrance. Jeremiah 12 and 9, hell wants to devour the church. Revelation 12 and 17, the devil and hell are at war with the church. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, we are troubled. We are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are cast down. But we have a promise. We may have distress, but we're not distressed. We may be perplexed, but we're not forsaken and we're not destroyed because we're a part of the church of the almighty God. I'm talking about a strong church. I'm talking about a pure church. I'm talking about a clean walk, a Bible-believing church, a hell-hating church, a devil-stomping church. That kind of church will stop hell every time. Come on, you young men and women with a truckload of tomorrows. I want to preach to you today. You better make up in your mind. I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to play around with it. I'm turning my back on it. I'm taking my stand. See, the devil, he don't like this kind of preaching. He'll invade your thought. He'll come into your mind. I know I've, I've been out there. I've seen it where they're saying, you don't have to preach that hard. You don't have to preach against that. Let it alone. It's all right. It's okay. Just love everybody. I'm here to tell you, you better tell hell. You better get out of here. I'm not raising hell. I'm not raising her up. I want to tear her down. Somebody shout yes. You can be seated. Just get ready. Jump back up again. Buckle your seat. No, no, don't buckle your seat belt. We're in a Pentecostal apostolic environment. You don't buckle up. You buckle up on an airplane. You buckle up in a vehicle. But when you come to church, you better be ready. You better be ready. I'm not going to let them out worship me at a ball game. I'm not going to let them out worship me at a concert. I'm not going to let them out worship me anywhere. I'm going to praise my God. Somebody shout, yeah. You can be seated, but get ready to jump back up again. By yourself, you're no match for hell. By yourself, you can't make it. But with God, all things are possible. With the Holy Ghost, with the power of the Almighty, with the name of Jesus applied in water baptism, all things are possible. 
2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what I'm preaching about today. I'm preaching to some young people that you've got to make up in your mind. I'm not going down. I'm going up. I'm not going under. I'm going over. I'm not out. I'm in. I'm not lost. I'm found. I'm not sick. I'm healed. I have a message. I have a calling. You may be men or women, but you make up in your mind, I'm called of God. I have this authority. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Somebody shout, yeah. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the power of God. Isaiah 28, in our text, the city was attacked. It was besieged. They were put on the defense. They felt like losers. But then something happened. The strength of the Almighty came upon them that turned the battle to the gate. What does that mean? I was reading the scripture and I saw that and I went, man, what does that mean? Turn the battle to the gate. And here's what I saw that I picked up. That when the enemy comes in to oppress the city and besiege and lay waste to it, you've got to marshal your army and you've got to pull together and you open the gate. You go out after that enemy and let God give you the strength to turn the battle from where you are in your city to chase the enemy all the way back to her gate. (laughs) Are y'all hearing me? Oh, it's time for the church to quit having the siege mentality that everybody's against us, that we can't have victory, that we can't have big churches, that we can't have great revival, that we're just in this society. Nobody wants us. Uh, It's the Oscar show. Uh, It's this and that. And uh, no, I'm here to tell you, you better get on the offense. Uh, You better go after souls. Uh, You better go after the lost. You better go after the hurting. Turn the battle and let's push the enemy all the way back to the gates of their city. Press the battle. Somebody shout press. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. Hallelujah. I'm going to use this chair if y'all don't mind. the rock 
You know what so many young people are doing today? If they can just hide behind the rock. If they can just hide. They're not on it. They're just hiding. Oh, I could be somebody mighty. But, you know, this religion thing. Oh, I could be something mighty in this world. But you know how mom and daddy are. My preacher. Oh, my. And so they just get they're behind the rock. But then there's others that they just get up underneath the rock. Boy, I'd have been the best ball player there ever was. But I had to go to church. Oh, I could have been a movie star. Oh, I could have won Miss America pageant. And we're just under the rock. You know, church this. And I have to go to church. I have to go to. Oh, I have to do this. I have to live right. I, you know, I ha here I am at Urshan. And they're making me. And here I am. And I'm just under the rock. You'll never have victory. You'll never have a breakthrough. You'll never know the mighty move of God. You'll never have revival. You'll never have it under the rock. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody today. Get out from underneath the rock. Get out from underneath it. It's not behind it. It's not under it. He said, upon my rock, upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Come on. It's not under the rock. It's not behind the rock. It's not beside the rock. It's on the rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You better make up in your mind. Come on, I'm not going through the motions. I'm not just showing up at church. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on, you may, you may have troubles, you may have trials, you may have tribulations. Uh, yeah, you're going to have pressure, you're going to have trouble, you're going to have problems, uh, you're going to have temptations, and maybe you're weak, uh, and you're dragging, uh, and you just can't seem to make it. It's like you're going to fall. Why don't you just get to the rock, uh, and don't get under it, and don't get beside it, and don't get behind it. You may be limping. You may be hurting. But if you can get to the rock, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He's building the church. It's his church. Get in it. Get in it. Get in it. Come on, why don't you make up in your mind? I'm not going to sit there like a dill pickle. I'm not just going to be a bump on a rock. I got my mind made up. I'm coming to church. I'm coming to the house of God. I'm coming in here with strength and power and glory. And when I walk out of here, I'm taking the rock with me. And if I'm at school, I'm on the rock. If I'm on the job, I'm on the rock. If I'm at home, I'm on the rock. If I'm doing my ministry, I'm on the rock.
come on. He didn't build his he didn't build his church on sinking, shifting sand. He built it on the rock. Somebody shout, yeah. You can be seated. One afternoon, I was in my office, had a little time, and I studied. I love to study, look it up, read, find something, look at it, get some content. Don't just be all froth. Get, get some content when you preach. Now, I'm preaching to the church today. I'm preaching to save people today. <laughs> Unsaved people at a Bible college chapel service. You know why it got quiet here? I'm going to leave that one alone. But I was in my study and I was studying. And I, I like to read commentaries. I like to read preaching. I like to sometimes read the dictionary. Yeah, I'm that nerd. Because I love words and phrases and how they mean, what they mean and how you can use them. And in my study, I happened upon a word that you spell R-A-Z-E. Raise. Ha <laughs> ha. Boy, I'm getting excited now. It means to destroy. It means to put down. It means to tear down, to demolish, to level to the ground. One uh, de definition I found was that they would destroy a city and they would leave no stone upon another. And I thought to myself, raise? Oh, yeah. Oh, raise. You don't mean it? I jumped up. I shouted. I did the funky chicken. I mean, I danced all over that office. I was shouting that ones outside in other offices, they were wondering what was going on. I threw that door open. I shouted down the hallway. I went in their offices and all around. I shouted. They said, Pastor, what's going on? I said, let me tell you something. I, I was born to raise hell. I was born Come on, somebody. Woo. On my way home, I stopped in getting some gas. One of those convenience stores, gas stations. And I'm in there buying gas. And three young guys come in. Man, they come in there. They were getting some beer. One of them hollered at the other and said, what are we going to do tonight? And the other one said, I don't know. And the third one spoke up and said, I guess we'll just raise some hell. 
I turned around and I said, did y'all say raise hell? Man, they looked at me and they said, yeah, we're going to raise hell. I said, boys, I'm a hell raiser from way back. Let me tell you how I raise hell. Let me tell you how we raise hell. I started preaching. Oh, come on, somebody. Do I have any hell raisers in the house? Come on, somebody. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I have anybody that's making up in their mind? I'm not going to tiptoe through the tulips. I'm not going through the motions. But I was born again. I was born of water and spirit to be a hellraiser. Hey, come on. Are you a hellraiser? I'm looking for some hellraisers. Somebody shout yes. I preach this. I preach it all over. That's why I was perplexed with God because I haven't preached this one. I guess this is the second time I've preached it, maybe eight or nine, ten years. And so I preach it so many times now. I just preach it when God really moves on me. And He moved on me. And so I was thinking about this hell raising. Get you a T-shirt. It's got a picture of the devil on the front with that red circle around it and a red slash through it. And on the back, I'm a hell, R-A-Z-E-R. I was preaching this at a camp meeting. And one preacher come up to me Friday night when it's all over with, shook my hand and said, man, I got every CD of yours except that one where you cussed. I said, sir, is hell raising a curse word? R-A-Z-E-R? You better get in another line of business because I'm tearing hell down. I'm not giving in for pornography. I'm not giving in for the lust of the eye. I'm not giving in for the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. I'm not giving in, no, 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 for alcohol and drugs. I got my mind made up. I'm a one God apostolic tongue talking born again heaven bound believer. I believe in holiness. I believe in righteousness. I believe in the power of God. Come on somebody. Is there any hell raisers in the house? Come on down here to the front. Come on down here. Let's tear hell down. Let's do it one soul at a time. Hey, hey, hey. I'm bringing hell to its knees. I'm bringing hell to its knees. Come on, somebody. I was born again to raise hell. Come on, throw your hands up to God. Come on, throw your hands up to God. Somebody leap for joy.